Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Ask Cadence. My name is Pete Wright. I'm sitting around the table here with John Patton. Hello, John. Hello, Pete. And Scott Lissett. Welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. You know, uh, I, uh, I'm excited about this, uh, this topic that we have today because it's, it's one that I have run into as a team member in the past, and I, I'm very interested to hear your take on it. The, the uh, concept is this. How do you deal with, a, uh, uh, with behavior that blocks the progress of your project. File this under, there's one on every team. You're always gonna be dealing with this at some point or another. There's somebody in there who is some, for some reason or another blocking the progress of your project. Get, where do you start? Well, there, this does happen on every team, Pete. Uh, if you get eight or 10 or 12 people together or even six people together, uh, you're gonna find that somebody on the team either unintentionally or intentionally is exhibiting behavior which is getting in the way of the project making progress. And this happens in part because uh, we can't pick and choose everybody who's assigned to our project team. Uh, functional managers have that responsibility. And um, so we, we will inevitably find ourselves working with teams where uh, everybody uh, does not uh, behave the way we would want them to do. Uh, and the question is, what do you do about it? And to answer that question, uh, we have to first of all give some examples of the kinds of behavior that we're talking about. So what does it mean to get in the way of a, of a uh, project? And um, a couple of uh, recent examples that I've encountered uh, in some of our consulting work at Cadence is that um, uh, I've seen um, members of uh, a project team who will, uh, throughout the planning meeting, uh, throw out some existential questions like, why are we really doing this project? Does it really need to be done? Uh, and what happened as a result was that uh, about a 20-minute discussion then ensued, uh, rehashing over and over again, why are we doing the project? Is it worthwhile? Do we really need to be here? And at the end of the conversation, guess what? We were exactly where we were at the beginning. No new information had been shared. It, uh, all it did was take up valuable time that the project team could have been spending on something productive. Well, it's, it's a complicated thing as a project manager, right? Isn't your gut instinct when you're confronted with somebody like that to, to you know, resell why everybody's in the room together in a planning session? Well, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, we need to maintain the commitment of the team members. No, no question about that. And so maybe uh, if it's just a single question, yes, it can be dealt with. But what we're looking for are patterns. We're looking for the same individual over and over again who puts out uh, unnecessary questions during uh, the planning meeting that consistently derails the team and takes the team away from productive work. So uh, it could be um, another case that I've seen where somebody um, voiced uh, uh, a concern and then they looked around the table and they saw that it didn't get, get any traction. Nobody resonated with that concern. So they, they morphed it into a different concern. Well, guess what? That one didn't get any traction either. And then it morphed into another one. 
until finally uh, they got one or two team members sort of nodding their head that, well, maybe it's an issue. And so this was um, what I would call um, uh, raising, uh, raising concerns uh, in search uh, of uh, support. And uh, that, does, that just does no good uh, to uh, a team either. And uh, the final example I want to give before we start diving into how to handle this is um, what I'm going to call uh, behavior uh, where uh, you try to gain support for a negative uh, point of view. Uh, and this can just sabotage a project. It can just suck the morale out of the team members to uh, have somebody on the team uh, who uh, has a concern, uh, maybe just about their own work, and uh, try to then gain allies uh, at the, um, uh, among the project team for um, uh, 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 supporting the fact that, uh, gee, that's a serious concern. And now uh, we find ourselves as project managers dealing with um, uh, allies who are trying to um, uh, sabotage the project. And uh, so um, why does this happen? Well, uh, people are naturally resistant to change. Uh, and maybe uh, the project team wants to do something in a, in a different way, different than it's currently being done at the company. And people get concerned about that. Uh, maybe they're just overworked and they're concerned that they don't have enough time to work on the project. And so this doesn't show up as a concern that they're overworked. It shows up as uh, questioning the very nature of the project and uh, uh, trying to block projects through what I'll call passive-aggressive behavior. Uh, or maybe their department has an agenda uh, and, uh, and uh, their department really doesn't want to see any progress made on the project um, until this one issue um, can be overcome. And uh, so these kinds of, you have to look for these kinds of patterns as a project manager. And when you identify them, you've got to immediately request a uh, private one-on-one -on -one meeting with that individual to discuss what you've seen and what the possible causes are. And try to get to the root of it. What is, the, what is causing this kind of behavior? Uh, and um, and uh, let the individual know that there is a, an appropriate time and place to deal with all kinds of issues. And if they have a concern about uh, why are we doing this project or I can't get my work done, rather than trying to gain allies uh, on the team, come to the project manager first and discuss it. Uh, and, um, and, and then uh, it can be dealt with appropriately and maybe changes do need to be made. But the balance is, as a project manager, you have to learn to recognize when team members are making points that may be constructive to the project in the planning process and points that, uh, that may be deconstructive. Uh, and, and from what I'm hearing, points about issues that may be you know, ships that have already sailed. Is that right, John? Uh, well, uh, sure. I just want to uh, add that you know, uh, in that one-on-one, -on -one, you, know, you, you, you attempt to answer with a short answer in the meeting and move on. That's, that's good. But in the one-on-one, -on -one, uh, probe for other hidden agendas. As, as Scott's saying, 
it could be workload that they're concerned about and they just want to stop the project so they don't have so much work to do. Um, now, the other thing that it could be uh, is that they have not heard through their management chain that this is an authorized project and they believe it's okay. It's in an earlier phase to challenge the existence of the project. So it's up to me to uh, tell them that it has been authorized, but better uh, to go up in the management chain to the point of authorization and ensure that the appropriate managers in their organizations have heard that this is an authorized project through their own chain. And so what we're, what we're doing is working with facts here uh, and we're working on getting a person on board rather than trying to review in front of the team uh, all the things that they uh, that this person needs to hear from their boss. Helping actually. to address all yeah. those ships have sailed yeah. conversations. And then finally, if it's about process and they're questioning the project, just because they don't understand the process, training is a solution. People have to understand project management to work effectively on teams. And if you're throwing a green person who has no idea uh, about projects and project disciplines, uh, then you know, give them a brief um, uh, understanding, but then get them, get them the right kind of training. Talking about providing for the teams a common set, a common vernacular, but not just right. a vernacular, but a common set of tools. Yeah, yes, like I'm, I'm assuming here yeah. that everybody on the team is up to speed, but this person isn't. Sure. Yeah. Know, they're a new hire, for right, example. Right. Yeah, and um, if they've been doing something a certain way their entire career, yeah. so say they've been doing something a certain way for 20 years, and now you're asking them to do something a, a different way, they may just argue and argue and argue for doing it that other way, and if you can't convince them uh, to um, do it the way you want to do it, it may be time to talk to the functional manager and see if they can be replaced on the team. You know, some people who have moved and, and have a lot of years of practice will try to justify or create their niche in the organization by insisting on the previous methods. And so there, there, there really is a role there for the functional manager to say, you know, well and good, we hired you for, with your experience, but we do things a little differently here at our company. Interesting discussion, uh, Jess. Thanks for sitting down and bringing this one up. Uh, I hope this has helped you get uh, a handle on some of these uh, difficult personalities on your own teams. On behalf of John Patton and Scott Lissett, my name is Pete Wright. We'll be back next week with another Ask Cadence.